Welcome to the Pin Leader Podcast, where strategic leaders get straight to the topics, strengthening our awareness and sharpening our minds. The Pin Leader Podcast is produced by Roar, a production division of Maze and Associates LTD. Find out more at www.maysassociatesltd.com. Now here is your award-winning host, Dr. Shan DeGore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a wonderful new edition of our Pin Leader Podcast. I'm excited to have a guest with me today. I'm going to uh, share with you about Deanna Mborski, who is on here and joining us from Georgia, um, which I'm very excited to have her and take this time to have her share some of her leadership thoughts and uh, you know some of the great projects that she's working on. She has over 25 years background uh, in media publishing, marketing, and graphic design. And she's worked with a number of top companies across the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, she's been very successful in her career, award-winning career. And she's assisted internationally shared domestic violence campaign and really in creating that and getting that up and running. And it's, it's called the Victory Over Violence, the Upside Down Purple Ribbon Campaign uh, from 2007. And it was founded on three fundamental principles. Remember the victims, support the survivors, educate your communities and, con- and countries. And she's worked with this unique message across not only in the United States, but internationally. Uh, What's amazing about her, she does so much work. Uh, She's traveled over 70,000 miles and visited multiple countries to deliver the message about domestic violence. But at the same time, uh, Deanna's also worked with building houses for Habitat for Humanity. Uh, She's worked with United United Way's Day of Caring, uh, the Sandals Foundation. Uh, She's actually done and assisted a multi-island literacy campaign through a stateside program called The Beauty of Books. She's proud to say she's the daughter of a World War II Army veteran, the wife of a Navy veteran, the mom of an active duty service uh, at individual, and she's dedicated uh, to the military and veterans support uh, as part of a big part of where her passions are. Uh, with all that said, she's also uh, been awarded as a uh, a 22, 2022 over 40 and fabulous top 40 finalist for Best Self Atlanta magazine. And uh, she's also a former Mrs. Elite Universe and a Mrs. Universe North America. Uh, she focuses on her Uh, truly on her faith, her family, and her country. And she's a believer on how to choose, how you choose to impact the world, how you choose to treat people every day, and how you choose to leave your legacy has everything to do with who you are and nothing to do with a crown, a title, or a position of power. It really has to do everything with who you are in your heart and your core. So if we could just take a moment to say, Thank you for joining, and I want to personally say thank you for this time uh, in sharing your experiences and your perceptions of what it takes to be a true leader 
in the space. So welcome, Deanna. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Shanda. This is an incredible opportunity um, for me. We've known each other for a long time, and we've kind of seen how we've grown over the years and, and grown into these powerful women that we are. So I'm really honored to be here and can't wait to talk to you more. <laughs> well, I uh, just to be in the same space and, and to have this podcast opportunity with you, um, I'm honored too. It is when you get as busy as you are and now as I have become, it is a um, wonderful time to even have this moment to share like what's going on. Um, how are you really impacting the fact that you even how you talk about what you're doing is impacting others in such a positive way is amazing. And how you leverage your positions that you've been, again, had the privilege and have been awarded and blessed to have. I, it's just amazing. So thank you um, for putting me in a close category with you. Um, I'm just learning how to internationally travel. <laughs> um, so this is, this is a, this is a great treat for me too. So, oh, well, I look forward to it. Good, good. So one of the biggest pieces I wanted, uh, and I touched on it briefly on your bio, you're passionate, what you're passionate about. And can you speak to that passion and why you have that passion? Absolutely. Yeah, you actually hit all of it um, when you were talking about it. My passions, obviously, are my family. Um, I have six children and seven grandchildren right now. Um, they are incredible human beings. I'm very blessed that I was awarded the opportunity to be their mother and their glamour. Um, <laughs> my husband and I are very lucky um, that we have people who are out there contributing to the world in a positive way. Um, another passion of mine is obviously the military community because I have been tied to the military since birth. Um, and just ironically, you know, my husband is military. Our oldest son is military, active duty. The military community is a huge passion of mine and, and whatever I can do um, to help the families of those who are deployed or um, I've even been involved in Gold Star families. You know, that is part of my sense of pride um, in our country and being able to support, knowing what they're going through. Um, I've not gone through what the, the Gold Star families go through, but I've seen it firsthand. So being able to be there and, and be a resource for families who maybe this is their first generation having a military um, member um, is a huge passion of mine. And I, whatever, every Veterans Day, I always get involved. Um, uh, every Memorial Day, I'm always involved, just making sure that you know, our military is recognized and those who have given the ultimate sacrifice are, are continued to be recognized. Um, another one of my passions obviously is service to community um, and to countries and through the domestic violence platform because I am a domestic violence survivor. Once I figured out a way out of my situation I felt 
a great responsibility to be able to use my voice for those who don't have a voice or can't use their voice just yet, um, to be able to connect them with resources, um, not just on a, a country level or a state level or a community level, but on an international level, because as unfortunate as our situations are here with domestic violence, most people have no idea globally what domestic violence looks like and the barriers that are in the way just because you're a woman sometimes um, for domestic violence resources. Um, I work with, you know, not just women who are abused, but we also have men who are abused mm -hmm. and we work with children and Actually, I ended up partnering when I became um, Mrs. Elite Universe, partnering with our organization through Universe Pageants of the Pledge Campaign Foundation, which is a 501c3 organization that has an international impact. Um, being able to partner with them, they have pledge campaigns. So there's Her Pledge, which is um, being responsible for who you allow to, to love you. There's his pledge um, that allows men to step up and um, recognize and pledge that they will be part of the solution to domestic violence. There's the kids pledge, which um, offers kids the opportunity to understand that putting good words out gains good words back. And then there's the pet pledge, which is do no harm and to protect. So it kind of encompasses all of the areas of violence into the pledge campaign. So the upside down purple ribbon campaign that I created mm -hmm. um, was a way for me to be able to talk about domestic violence back in the days when nobody talked about domestic violence. So interestingly enough, my career in media and in graphic design and in marketing actually led to the Purple Ribbon campaign. Um, I was looking at the Purple Ribbon and kind of turning it around and looking at it. And when I turned it around and turned it upside down, it looked like a V. Hmm. And so immediately my my uh, marketing senses went off and my and my, uh, you know, uh, advertising senses went off. And I said, V, V, victory, victory, victory for victory over violence is kind of how it all evolved. So when I would go and do um, speaking engagements, I would wear my domestic violence ribbon upside down. And every single time that I did, people would kind of lean in close and say, did you know your ribbon's on upside down? <laughs> and, and I would say, yes, it's like that for a reason. Let me tell you why. It's interesting you say that because I would not have connected it, but that is a wonderful, if that's your marketing skills coming out and saying, I, <laughs> I love it so that you are actually drawing the attention because that's the first thing that people do is they look for what might not be perfect in this picture exactly. and that draws them to try to fix it. And my goodness, what kind of metaphor, what a powerful metaphor that is right there. Well, it was, it was actually... I didn't know it at the time, but it ended up working out to being the gateway to allow people to then tell me their story. Mm. Because when I would say it's like that for a reason, let me tell you why I would tell them about me. 
And many of the times that I was doing these speaking engagements, you know, I obviously was a title holder at the time. And when they then saw me not in that perfect light anymore, that title holder kind of image that everyone has, and they saw me as a very relatable type of person um, to something that they were going through or that someone they knew was going through, then it just kind of opened that conversation door with them for them to be able to then share that with me, which is something they wouldn't have shared with me just right out of the gate. And most people in a room full of people, if you ask a question, you know, how many people have been a victim of domestic violence? This was, you know, several years ago. No one would raise their hand because A, it was embarrassing and B, they didn't want people to know that. I didn't want people to know it when I was going through it. So why in a crowd or a room full of people are you going to draw the attention to yourself, you know, in in that light? So it was this perfect opportunity for them to see me as a relatable individual that I was on the same level with them. And then they felt comfortable enough to share those stories. You know, I was going to say it with individuals that may be listening right now and, you know, looking for that, those leadership nuggets. Here is a great example of yourself, not only being a leader, but also being vulnerable to exactly talking to a, a part of your life that at one point you say, I don't want people to know this, but then taking that and actually turning it around into a powerful position to allow others, you know, to, to grab strength, that's speaking to strength with confidence and that they can look at you and say, well, she's confident. She's out there doing uh, this work. Um, She's in different pageants, but she's leading companies and she's engaging in this hard conversation. Yes. And that's something that actually we talk about amongst ourselves, you know, through the the pledge campaign and through the purple ribbon, upside down purple ribbon, is that you may speak to a room full of 200 people and only relate to one. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because you actually did your job. You actually were able to relate to that one person that you may change their life. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have you had, can you talk to an experience where you may not have originally thought you made that connection with the one in the room, but then they came up to you? That must feel like a sense of accomplishment, I would guess. Actually, I have an incredible story about that. So it was one of my first speaking engagements after I was um, crowned Mrs. Florida. We were living in Florida at the time. And um, my I was on the news. And this was right after Thanksgiving. So I was on the news. And it was the morning segment of the news. And we all know that begins at 5 (laughs) a.m. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) The cows aren't even up then. Um, And so I went and did the interview and was talking about domestic violence and the holidays coming up and had just launched the upside down purple ribbon campaign and and saying that you know there's the holidays are an extra stressor when it comes to domestic violence situations because of financial issues and and things of that sort and and families and and there's just a lot of a lot more triggers 
um, for abusers during that time of year. So I was talking about that and I was talking about the fact that there's no good time to leave. There's always another holiday. There's always another birthday. There's always another something that's on the calendar upcoming where you think, oh, well, I'll just wait till after that or I'll just wait till after that. And then you end up and years go by and you're still in the same situation. So I went on and, and talked about that. And about a week or so after that interview, um, my director at the time got in touch with me and she said, there's a woman that saw your interview and wants to connect with you. And I said, oh, that's great. I said, you know, absolutely. I'd be, I'd be glad to. And she said, the only problem is she's in the hospital. And I said, well, that's kind of different, but okay, I, that's not a problem. I, I figured she was just in the hospital and saw the interview and, and wanted to talk to me. And I said, you know, absolutely. And so um, I got in touch with this woman and come to find out she was actually at home when the interview aired and saw the interview. Well, she didn't see it. What had happened was her husband had just abused her that morning had beaten her so severely that she was, he left for work and she was laying there and the TV was on. Oh, so she really and wasn't in the hospital at the time. She, she was, went to the hospital. Is that what happened? So what happened was she heard what I said. And I said, if you have to leave, leave now. Wow. I said, cause and she heard me say that. And so she did. And she left and she was injured. And so she went to the shelter. The shelter sent her to the hospital. Um, wow. Comes out, he had punctured one of her organs. And so she had to have surgery um, to repair that. And so she was in the hospital when I went to meet her. So really your words could have possibly saved her life. That's what she told me. Oh. She said, I had been through that so many times and always kept thinking, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. And then I was just, she said, I was just kind of, I was laying there. I couldn't see you, but I could hear you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she said, something compelled me to say, to myself, today is the day I've had enough. And she left and she never went back. She's gone through the ringer, um, you know, just with him trying to track her down. She's actually, actually had to have her name changed and her identity replaced so he can't find her. <clears throat> but she has weathered the storm and that has been since 2007 and we are still friends today. And that says a lot about uh, character as well. When we talk about just strength of where she was, she was may not have felt strong at the time, but just hearing <laughs> someone speak from a position of knowing, having yes. experience having some guidance on like, now's the time, there is no perfect time. And just that's, that's pure leadership. We've got, we've got to move. Uh, and right. that to me also speaks in a framework of a plan. I've got a plan. I, the first start, 
the first step is to leave the situation and to get myself assistance. And we do, we do tell victims, you know, to have a plan, but sometimes you have to, in an emergency situation like that, recreate a plan. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we try and tell people to have a plan because it's the safest way to leave, but sometimes you just aren't faced with that situation. And so I think it was truly, I feel it was divine intervention. And that speaks um, quite a bit and that, that makes you even with your passion about the subject area with domestic violence and again, live through it. And then like you really leveraging where you are to make sure to speak to a broader audience. I think there's something said about the fact as a leader, the quality of understanding the position that you hold and then how you can, you can you positively impact either the team or positively impact those that are not part of the team, but are leaning in to what you're saying it, for, whatever, for whatever reason. It could be your experience, but it could be the title as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as a leader, you never know who's listening. So you need to, when you put your words out there, you need to understand that your words are going to have kind of a ripple effect. You're going to touch the people that are closest around those words, but those words are going to be reshared. And so that's where those ripples start to come from. And pretty soon you're 10 or 12 ripples out from what you said, and you've never even met those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. never heard you speak. They, The person who heard you speak spoke to someone else and they spoke to someone else and they spoke to someone else and then and so on so as a leader you need to understand that your words are extremely impactful to people and when you're in that kind of role and people see you in that light in that leadership light it is um it is humbling to say the least um but it's also kind of a guideline for you to to know that what you say is going to affect more than just the people in that room I think there's a part of that listening component too. Some people may not be ready to hear that word. That mm-hmm. day she was ready to hear you, but it may right. there could have been another day where maybe it, if he hadn't uh, beat her before he went to work, then it maybe that wouldn't have been the day for her to fully take in because it's a quote good day, uh, and maybe she wouldn't have moved. You know. Um, there's a couple of factors that played into that. And that was timing. That was really timing. It was. And I have no idea. She's the one that spoke out to me. So I know I affected her. But who knows in that broadcast, how many other people got out of their situation as well? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, all I know is the one because she reached out to me or I wouldn't have known about her either. You know, there's there's another part to this, and I wanted to ask you because uh, you've been you've jeez oh, you've been in front of so many women and men, and you've mm-hmm. been sought after speaking on domestic violence and as a survivor, and been recognized on a national and global level. Um, 
how do you even balance that with that leadership and even with family? Because you're also leading in your family and helping as a, as you know, a partner. Um, how are you balancing all of that? Well, I, honestly, I think it's a testament to the relationship that my husband and I have, um, which I feel like is in perfect harmony. For the first time in my life, you know, I have this perfect harmony and I wouldn't be able to do all of the things that I do. And he says the same thing, you know, in the work that he does, he wouldn't be able to, you know, do all of the things that he does to keep our country safe and and all of these types of things if he didn't have me. So I think the relatability to each other and the fact that we understand, I think that, um, there's a bigger picture for each each of us and that we have a certain calling and it's kind of our responsibility to follow that calling. And we were just really lucky to have a partner that understands that balance. And my family is incredibly supportive. Um, I've had kids go to speaking engagements with me and volunteer with me. We've even had exchange students that I actually took one back to our um, alma mater, actually, um, when I went back to speak um, to the English classes about date violence. I took our exchange student and he helped out there. And he actually, when he went back home, actually took what he learned there and developed it for little villages around where he was from. He was from Bangladesh. And so he kind of got to see that impact factor, right? And that you could speak on any level um, to teenagers, to adults. He, He kind of saw it all. And so he was able to take what he saw back and utilize it in a way that would um, help his surroundings, which is exactly what it's there for. But the whole balance factor comes into play um, as a leader. And I think it kind of speaks to your top three characteristics that you wanted uh, to know about in an effective leader. And the first one is you have to be relatable. So relativeness, um, you have to be relatable to the people you're talking to, or they just won't make that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you Determination. Um, I was determined to do something more than be a victim and be a survivor. So I was determined that I was going to speak out for people who couldn't speak. So, you know, in me, that was just something that I had to do. I had to get out. And the flexibility, I think with balance, you need to be flexible. Um, You need to understand that everything's not going to go the way that you write it down on paper or the way that it, you see it go in your head. Um, You have to be flexible and you have to kind of adapt yourself to the situations that you're given. Um, You know, maybe you're speaking outside and all of a sudden it starts pouring down rain. (laughs) Those things happen. (laughs) It has happened. Um, You have to figure out a way to still carry on with the job at hand. Um, So balancing all of those things, I think I've really been very diligent in not being a yes woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't say yes to everything. As a title holder, you are honored that people, you know, of of 
kind of all aspects wants you to come and speak. And while I'd love to touch all of those lives, watering myself down is not an effective way for me to be a good leader. I have to gracefully turn down a lot of things because I feel it doesn't really do much for the message that I want to put out there. You know, um, a lot of times with a title holder, there's a lot of fanciness that goes along with the title. Um, They ask you to do a lot of fashion shows or um, runways and and all of these types of glamour type things or or, um, parades. My one caveat about parades is I insist on being able to walk in the crowd. I, I need to mm-hmm. kind of be able to relate to people, to shake hands, to take pictures, to say hello. I cannot sit in a car or on a float and just wave at people. It's not who I am. It's not how I choose to interact. And it's not how I want to be seen. I don't want to be seen as a cake topper. I want to be seen <laughs> as this kind of, um, relatable oh my gosh she came and talked to me or or you know she she you know took pictures with me or whatever it was but it's much more relatable than waving at someone um i very rarely would wear the crown i would have it but i very rarely would wear it i would bring it and i would let others wear it i would let the little girls and like the kids wear it and you know, people who want the ladies wear it, whoever wanted to put it on, I put it on men too. They love it too. Um, <laughs> equal opportunity, equal opportunity to I, share I, the crown. The crowner. Um, but I mean, to me, I'd rather wear, you know, kind of a baseball hat with a crown on it and go get dirty mm-hmm. versus be really pretty and, and, and clean and on top of a, a parade float. So balance for me means, and leadership being means being able to say no to things that are going to water down your effectiveness. It's interesting you say that. I would I had a conversation uh, with a group that I was um, asked to speak with and to speak, uh, you know, to present to. And it, there's different personality types. You can have somebody who's everywhere but nowhere. Yeah, uh, meaning. Exactly. You know, that they, you could see them, they're there, they're, everything that's going on is there. But at the end of the day, when the rubber meets the road, they're not truly engaged. They're not really there. Um, what they, they're there for uh, pictures and uh, handshakes and um, kissing babies, but they're not rolling up their sleeves to get the work done. And that's critically important because it's noticeable and it is what others are watching and and see and so that to further lead does not mean you have to say yes to everything I totally agree with you and I've seen it firsthand and I've taught it and I try to convey it when we coach um, in our firm well the biggest thing people want is they want to be bigger right Mm -hmm. Um, most people who are out there but you have to be (laughs) relatable and, and what you choose to um, say yes to affects your um, your image. Yes. It affects who you are. And so being able to say no, I think is a, that makes a better leader saying no. Yes. And I, and you can see those that say no gracefully. That's a whole other show on how to do that oh. and do it effectively. So yeah. 
Absolutely. We could do that. That's for sure. Well, I just want to say, I, I can't thank you enough for taking this time to share those pearls of wisdom uh, concerning leadership. And again, having that real world experience and education in that area is so very important. We talk about that as uh, pin leaders, that strength, being able to weather some of those challenges, uh, how big or small that they are and being flexible, uh, you know, staying on the straight uh, course. I mean, you very clearly on what you will and will not do and understanding what that is and having the sharpness of bringing that experience and education to light and to sharing with others that firsthand experience and the education behind it uh, to help uh, to help others and, and being leaders and to maybe making the step. Maybe they're not quite ready or they need to think about it or if they are ready, guidance on what to do next. I just, I can't thank you enough for sharing that with us today. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Um, I will say that people who are interested in being effective speakers in topic areas need to reach out to organizations. They need to let them know that they're out there because they don't know you're there unless you do. Excellent. That's a great word. Well, uh, with that said, I, I, Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. Uh, we appreciate all of the listeners and even the feedback when you uh, have ideas or thoughts about the podcast. And I would like to just encourage you, if you haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and do that. And we look forward to next time. And with that said, thank you all. The Pen Leader Podcast is hosted by Dr. Shanda Gore and brought to you by Mason Associates LTD, creating customized solutions for growth in the areas of leadership development, strategic planning, and culture building. Find out more at www.maysassociatesltd.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pen Leader Podcast and share with others.